And I'm just so excited about the word, so let's get to it. Um, turn your Bibles or, or your electronic verses to uh, Deuteronomy chapter 1. We'll be in verse 41 through 45. Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 41 through 45. Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 41 through 45. Verse 41 through 45, Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 41 through 45. By now you all shall have it. Father God, you are amazing. Be with us with this word. Encourage me with your word as I speak it on your behalf. Lord God, I'm just standing here as a mouthpiece for you. Let the power which you have invested in me be poured out. Although we are so far away, some of us, Lord God, in different states and different cities. But let them feel the power of your word that it may encourage a response in their lives. Their lives may be changed. Their lives may be impacted. Use your word, Lord God, to draw someone near to you. Use your word, Lord God, for if we already a believer, that we uh, uh, grow in our, life, in our walk with you. Use your word, Lord God, that you may convict our hearts that our lives may be changed and we may live for you. And we thank you for this assembly together through technology where we can come and worship and hear your word. So be with me, Lord God. I decrease so you can increase because your word says you, if you are lifted up, you'll draw all men to you. And draw all men to you, Lord God, that they may see you through me. We bless you and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 1. Deuteronomy chapter 1 and verse 41 through 45. Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 41 through 45. It says, then you answered and said to me, we have sinned against the Lord. We will go up and fight, just as the Lord our God commanded us. And when every one of you had girded on his weapons of war, you were ready to go up into the mountain. And the Lord said to me, tell them, do not go up nor fight, for I am not among you lest you be defeated before your enemies. So I spoke to you, and yet you will not listen. But you rebelled against the commands of the Lord and presumptuously went up into the mountains. Verse 44, and the Amorites who dwelled in the mountains came out against you and chased you like bees do and drove you back from Seir to Hermon. Then you returned and wept before the Lord, but the Lord would not listen to your voice nor give ear to you. On this morning, I would like to speak to you from the topic, there are consequences when you rebel against God. There are consequences when you rebel against God. We are living in a time where everybody is rebellious. Children are rebellious. Husbands are rebellious. Wives are rebellious. 
people are rebellious. Everything around us, everyone around us is just re rebelling. Here in this text, we have the children of Israel are rebelling against God. Just like us, we, we, we not only rebel against each other, we not only rebel against authority, we not only rebel against uh, our parents, we not only rebel against our spouse, we not only rebel against the laws, we rebel against God. And, and, and it's interesting and, and, and disheartening to me that we are a people who are children of God that rebel against the commands of God. We, we, we are children of God that, that believe that we can do anything we want to do, that we can live any way we want to live, and God is okay with it. We rebel against the, the precepts of God. We rebel against the laws of God. We rebel against the standards of God. We rebel against the church. We, we rebel against the pastor. We, we rebel against the leaders. We, we are a rebellious nation. And all we do is re rebel. And, and here in the text, Israel is at this same issue. Israel, God uh, with, with, uh, speaks to, uh, through, to Israel through Moses. And, and Moses uh, retailed this story that happened in, in, in Numbers chapter uh, 13 and 14. This, 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 this story that, that, that Moses is retelling to this new generation, it originally occurred in and Numbers chapter 13 and 14. And God said, Moses, grab all the, the children of Israel together by tribes. And he said, go, go in every tribe and select a man. It was 12 tribes. And he said, select a leader. And when you select these men as leader, what I want you to do, I want you to, to go in and um, I, I want you to select these, these 12 men. And, and I want you to, to tell them to go out and spy out the land. I, 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 want you, I want you to spy out the land. I, I want you to go and, and, and spy out the land. Nay, they, they went out to spy out the land. Um, uh, uh, they went out to, to spy out the land. He said, and I want you to go in the promised land, and I want you to spy it out. I want you to go into the land of Canaan, and I want you to spy it out. I want you to go in there and see how their military status is. I want, I want you to go and see, are, are there fortified cities? I, I want you to send these men in and spy out and, and see how their produce are. I want you to see um, how they live in there and what's going on there. I want, I want you to see, Keisha, uh, what's going on. I want you to see, uh, Anita, what's going on there. I want you to see uh, what's going on. I want you to send these men in and spy out the lands. And Moses gathered them in, and he sent these 12 men in dirt. He sent these 12 men, Joshua, he sent these 12 men in to spy out the promised land, the land of Canaan. And they went in there for 40 days and spied out the land, Charlene. They spied out the land, Jennifer. They spied out the land, and, and they came back after 40 days with their report, Gretchen. And, and in a report, Moses grabbed them all together. It's, it's, in, it's in Numbers chapter 13, verse 14, and it's also found here as Moses retailed this story. And as he, he gathered all of Israel together, he gathered them together, Tammy. He gathered them together, Miss Murray. He gathered them together, Aurora. And he said, now tell us what you found. He said, he, he said tell us, tell us uh, Bonnie, what you found. Tell us, what, when, when you went in there to spout the land, what did you find? He said, tell me what you found, Ms. Murray. I, I, want, I want to know why all the people here, and they, they said, we, we found a land that was flowing with milk and honey. 
I'm not talking about the restaurant up in up the street and up on Marlboro. I'm talking about the real land of milk and honey. Heather, I'm talking about the real land. He said that 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 I, that, that that in this this land of Canaan, it, it was flowing milk and honey, Lena. It was flowing with all kind of vegetation and all kind of produce, and, and it was it, it was so good that the grapes were so big that they took one cluster of grapes, put it on a pole, and two men had to carry it back. That's how wealthy the produce was. That's how great the food was, uh, Iris. And, 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 and they came back and they said, everything is well. They said, but, but we got a problem because the city is fortified. The city is, is impenetrable. The city, the city is fortified. We, we can't go in that city because, and, and, and not only is the city impenetrable, guess what? The city also has some giants over there. They, they have some strong men. They, they, they strong men over there, and we weak men. We, we can't take them. And, 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 and these, these men came back with their reports, and they convinced the nation. They convinced the God people that, that God wasn't strong enough to help them win this battle that God told them to go in and take the land. But there were two. There was Caleb and Joshua who said, I stand on God. I believe in the Lord. I believe in Jehovah that he will make a way. And if we go fight for him and fight with him, he'll bring us through. But the voices of the other ten were stronger, uh, Rob. The voices of the other ten, Howard, were stronger. The voices of the other ten, Barbara, was, was, was stronger and mightier than the two. And so the nation of Israel said, no, we want to go back. We, we'd rather go back to Egypt. We don't want to go in there and fight. We, we can't win. So they rebelled against the commands of God of going in there. And now we found ourselves here in Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 41 through 45. And Moses retells the story that I just told to you to a younger generation. See, because the consequence came down on this older generation. And when it came down, Jackson, on this older generation, the consequences was God said that he was going to wipe out all this older generation because they rebelled against him. You got to understand, when we rebel against God, there are consequences. And now Moses retell this story to the nation of Israel, to this new generation who's sitting at the gate of the promised land and about to enter the promised land. And he says, I want to retell you a story. I want to tell you a story as an example so you won't fall like the other people, like the other generation, Vicky. So you won't fall. He says that I wanted you to use this story as an example. I remember as a young man, my mother used to say you should learn by other people's examples. My mother say that everything you learn shouldn't be your own experience. You should look at other people and learn from them and, and use them as an example of what to do and what not to do. And Moses says, I got to go look at this older generation as an example, Chloe, as an example, Sean. I got to go look at this older generation, Lachelle. I got to go look at this older generation. And you younger generations, please don't, don't, don't fall like they fall. Please don't rebel like they rebel because there are consequences when you rebel against God. So now we find ourselves here. And Moses retelling the story. And he says, hey, before you go in this land, I want to tell you something, that there are consequences before you rebel against God when you rebel against God. He said there are consequences. And the first consequence we see is found in verse 30, found in verse 41 and 42. The first consequence we see here is that when you rebel against God, God removed 
his presence from you. Look in verse 41 through 40. Look in verse 41 through 42. It says, then you answered and said to me, we have sinned against the Lord. We will go up and fight just as the Lord our God commanded us. And when every one of you had girded on his weapons of war, you were ready to go up into the mountain. And the Lord said to me, tell them do not go up nor fight. Watch this, because there are consequences. For I am not among you lest you be defeated. You, we got to understand that when we, when we rebel against God, God's presence will be removed. So now they try to fix the problem. They didn't go up. Moses said they didn't go up when God commanded them. So they realized that it was consequences. So now what they did, they realized it was consequences. So they said, because of the consequences, we're going to go up. And God said, don't go up because I'm no longer with you. And you got to understand, when we rebel against God, God's presence is removed. But I know you're a smart church because you come to Clinton Baptist Church. And the last couple of weeks, we've been looking at the attributes of God. And one of the attributes we saw in um, Psalms 139 is that God is omnipresent, that God is everywhere. There's no way we can get from God. So I know some of you are saying, how can God's presence be moved? And you just preached a couple of weeks ago about God is omnipresent. He's everywhere. So in the Old Testament, watch this, you got to listen. So in the Old Testament, what will happen, God will put his spirit upon man. He will put his spirit upon man for an assignment. And once man finished that assignment, he will remove his spirit. But in the New Testament, in the church age, once Jesus Christ died, now the spirit of God is not upon man, it's in man. It dwells in us. That's why 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 13 tells us that we are the temple of God and the Holy Spirit dwells in us. So for them, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God will be removed from them. But for us, the Spirit of God cannot be removed because God is omnipresent and he's everywhere. So what does it mean when God says his presence will be removed? When you rebel, God's presence will be removed by his benefits that comes with his presence. See, that's your clapping point right there. See, I, I know you all don't understand. I know this ain't a popular sermon, especially in the time of a pandemic. Why I'm preaching about rebellions of God? Because you need to know it because we are living a rebellious life. Even in the pandemic, we still got sin in our life. We still not listening to God. We still not following God. Most, matter of fact, some of us are still late to church and is online. Some of us don't even show up to Bible study and is online. Everything is made for you to come right to your house and you still ain't showing up. You you still ain't serving God. You still ain't worshiping God. And there's consequences when we rebel against God. And one of the consequences when we rebel against God is he's going to remove his presence. And when God's presence is moved, his benefits are moved. His benefits are moved. When God's presence, when we rebel and he moves his presence, his, his benefits are moved. What is his benefits? When God's presence is with us, his benefits is rest. R-E-S-T, rest, is, it's uh, 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 Exodus chapter 3, uh, 33 verse 14 said that God's presence gives us rest. When, when, when God's presence is moved, when the benefits of God's presence is moved, we can't rest. You're trying to figure out why you can't sleep at night. You kind of figure out why you're so weary and, and, and walking around and, and, and nothing rests with you. That you, you, your mind is always going. Your, your spirit is always agitated. Maybe because you're rebelling against God. And God removed his benefit of his presence from your life. And now you can't have rest. 
you worrying about this and, and worried about that because you have rebelled against God. And God says, I'm going to remove my, 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 my presence from you, which is the benefits of his presence. He said, I'm going to remove them out of your life because you have been rebellious. We can't live the way we want to live. We can't act the way we want to act. We can't do what we got to do. God has a standard for his followers, for his disciples, for his children, for those who accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Uh, Shelly, for those who accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Craig, for those who accepted their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, LaMonica, for those who accepted him, you have to live a righteous life before God. And we rebelling against him. And he says, I'm going to move my presence. The benefit of his presence is his rest. You can't get rest because of your rebellions, because you keep rebelling. Another benefit that comes with God's presence is peace. Look at this. Isaiah chapter 41.10 says, fear not, for I am with you. God says you don't have to fear when you live in a life that is sold out for me. God said when you rebel against me. Guess what? I'm not with you. So now my peace removed from you. Yes, you have peace with God, but you don't have, yes, you have the peace of God, but you don't have peace with God. You don't have peace within yourself. So now your whole life is in turmoil. You don't have peace. Everything is chaotic. Your finances are chaotic. Your health is chaotic. Your children is chaotic. Your home is chaotic. Everything around you, your job situation is chaotic because you continue to live a life of rebellions to God. You, we think we can do what we want, Deacon Allen. We think we can do what we want, Gloria. We can, we can go out and, and, and sleep with who we want to sleep with and not be married. That we can, we can fornicate. We can, we can have sexual immorality. That we can, we can drunk, be a drunkard. We can gluttony and, and, all, and lie and steal and think God is okay with it. God is not okay with the way we live in our life. God is not okay with how we rebel into him. That is not God. God does not, is not okay with that. And please, please hear me out. Stop saying that God ain't finished working with me yet. Because God gave you everything you need through the Holy Spirit that you may live a life and live a peaceful and a joyful and a life of abundance in him because he gave you everything you need to manage this life and live it for him. And he said there's rebellions. Here it is, God moves his presence. So he moved the benefits of his presence, Charmaine. He moved the benefit. One benefit was rest. You can't rest, Curry. You, you, you can't rest. The other benefit is peace. But there's another benefit, and I can keep going, but I'm only going to give you three. When God removes his presence, he removes his benefit. The other one is victory. Look right here in the same verse in Deuteronomy chapter 1, verse 42 says, you will be defeated. When you, Virginia, when you, when you live in a rebellious life to God, you cannot win. You cannot win in nothing. The only reason why we win is because of God. The only reason why we got those, uh, uh, the good and, 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 and um, great blessings of God is because of him. It's because we living according to his will. You can't win when you live in a rebellious life. You ain't winning. You can't have victory. Victory only come in Jesus. And it comes when you live a life that lives a standard for his glory and his glory alone. He says that, that, that my presence will be removed when you rebel against God. God will remove the benefits of his presence. They rebelled against God. God told them to go up and take over the land. And they said, no, we ain't going, God. And God said, okay, you ain't got to go, but now you got to deal with the consequences. 
So they try to fix it. They say, okay, what are we going to do since we know it's consequent? So now I'm going to go do what's right. No. Partial obedience is still disobedience. Let me say that again. Partial obedience is still disobedience. And God says that, that when you rebel, Moses said when you rebel against God, be careful. And he said learn from the older generation. Learn from them. Be careful that you won't fall into the same example as your parents, as your grandparents, and rebelling against God and the consequences come against you when you go in this land because God will remove his presence. And his presence comes with benefits, Lacey. His presence comes with benefits, Kern. His charade, his presence comes with benefits. But there's another consequence, he says, found in verse number 43 through 44. He says, when you rebel against God, here's the second consequence. That God will remove his protection. So God, the first thing, consequence we see that God will remove his presence, which is attached to his benefit. But the second one in verse 43 through 44, God will remove his presence. I mean his protection. Watch this. God will remove his protection in verse 43 and 44. Listen. It says, so I spoke to you, yet you will not listen. But you rebelled against the commands of the Lord, and presumptuously you went up into the mountains. And the Amorites who dwelled in the mountain came out against you and chased you as bees do and drove you back from Seir to Hermon. Hermon. So he says, look, he says, when you rebel against God, Sam, angel, when you rebel against God, when Mildred, when you, when you rebel against God, Colina, when you rebel against God, Deacon Dixon, when you rebel against God, Pastor Reeves, when you rebel against God, Pastor Pew, when you rebel against God, God will remove his protection. He says, look, if you go up there, if you go up there, you're going to be defeated. He said, you can go up there, but you're not going up there with my power. You can go up there, but you're not going up there on God's strength. You can go up there and you can do whatever you want, but when you rebel against God, God remove his protection. God, God says, I'm going to remove my protection from you because you rebel against God. You got to understand when we rebel against God, he removes his protection. And now you're trying to figure out why you can't win in your marriage because you're rebelling against God. You're trying to figure out why you can't win in your finance because you're rebelling against God. You kind of realize why you can't win in your prayer life because you're rebelling against God. Children, why you can't win because you're rebelling against God. Why you can't do right, I mean, get things done in decency and order because you rebel against God. And when you rebel against God, you can't win a fight. It said that they chased them like bees. Anybody ever been chased by bees? Oh, man. I got chased before by some bees, man. You running everywhere. You, you didn't know how fast bees were till you got chased by. They everywhere. They in front of you and they behind you. And you sweat. Just imagine. And God says, that's how they going to be running. That's how they ran. God says that I'm going to send so many people. It's going to be like bees. And I'm going to chase you for miles and miles and miles. And God is moving you out of the way. By, and you running miles and miles because you defeated because you living a rebellious life. You live in a rebellion. You, you wonder why you can't get that position. You wonder why you can't get that job that God, that, that God has for you because you're rebellion. you just living like you want to live and think God is okay with it. You, you, you're not following the standards of God. 
You're not, you, you're not living for God. You just live in any kind of way and think God is okay with that. God is not okay with that. I don't know where you're getting that teaching from, but God is not okay with you living in sin. God hates sin. And sin has to be destroyed. And God said there are consequences, and he will move, remove your protection from you. The reason why we can't win in the battle when it's time to win is because God's protection is removed from us. God removed his protection. And this, these people, watch this. They lost a battle that God gave them years ago to win. God gave them this battle. God gave them this victory with Abraham years ago. And they, they still cannot win a battle because they rebelling against God. You already had the victory, but you can't win because you're in rebellious lifestyle. You living according to your will and not according to God's will. You think you can do what you want to do and not do what God say do. You think you can act the way you want to act and not act the way God. And God says, keep on living that way. You won't win anything. You won't win anything. And it's sad because we got a lot of Christians that live in defeated lives. And what we do, we, we like chameleons. We know how to put the makeup on. We know how to put the glasses on. We know how to get the hair done. We know how to get the face shaved. We know how to put the eyebrows and the lashes on to make people think it's all good. But in the inside, you are struggling. You are struggling, Tiffany. You, you're trying to figure out why I can't win in, in this area or win in that area because God has removed his presence from you because you continue to live a life of disobedience. God is not happy with the way we are living. He's not happy. He's not happy, Latanya. He's not happy, happy the way we live in, Brian. He's not happy. And because we live in this rebellious life, Sister Hubbard, because we live in this rebellious life, God said, I'm going to remove my presence. I'm going to remove my, my presence from you. I'm going to remove my protection from you. And you're going to lose in the things that you already had victory against. You're going to lose. You're going to lose the battle that God already caused you to win, already had victory over. Because your rebellious lifestyle, Pandora, because the way you live in. So he says that the consequences, because we rebel against God, Moses told him that God going to remove his presence. And when he remove his presence, we lose the benefits of God. God's, and that's in verse 41 through 42. And verse 43 through 44 says when we rebel against God, God will remove his protection. In verse 43 and 44. But now we're in the last verse. And I'm out your way. He says, when you, when you, uh, the consequences of rebelling against God, the third consequence, he says, is God is going to reject your prayers. Look what he says. This is deep right here, y'all. I know y'all may want to shout and, and sing today, but we're going to shout on this because we're going to get right. We're going we're gonna to be a church that live for God and not rebel against God. We're going to be a church that honor God and, and apply this word to our life. And look what he says. When we rebel against God, look at the third consequence, that God will, will reject our prayers. It says, then you returned and wept before the Lord, but the Lord would not listen to your voice nor give ear to you. Oh, my God. You hear that? He says, look, you, 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 you come now and you realize that, that I have rebelled against God. And you realize that you've been defeated. 
You realize that God's uh, power, I mean, presence is no longer with you. You realize that God's presence is no longer with you. You realize that God's uh, protection is no longer with you. And now you come and you, you come and try to weep before God. And you cry out before God, oh, Lord, help me. Help me, Lord. You at the altar on your knees crying out to God, God, I need you. Why you won't intervene? Will you be in God? Why you won't help me, God? I need you. You said if I call out to you, you'll answer my prayers. You said this about my prayers, Lord God, but God, why I'm not hearing from you? It's been a week, God. It's been two weeks, God. It's been three weeks, God. It's been a long time, and you haven't, I haven't heard anything from you. And God said because of you rebelling against him, he says he's going to reject your prayers. And now they call out to God. But this is interesting because you all are smart church, and you all have a great teaching, and you all know about prayer. All throughout the scripture from Genesis to Revelation, it tells us the promise that God will answer our prayers. A matter of fact, in, in Jeremiah chapter 33, 3, God uh, commands Jeremiah to call out to him. And he said, call out to me and I'll show you great and mighty things of your future. And all we hear is that God will answer our prayers. In Mark and Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, God said he will answer our prayers. If you ask, you shall receive. And all we hear is that God will answer prayers, but we never look at that what will cause our prayers not to be answered. And right here, God says, here it is. I will answer your prayer when you live in a life that is right before me. But when you live in a disobedient life, I'm not even answering your prayers. I'm going to reject your prayers. And look what God says. Watch this. Look what God says. Look what God says. Well, look what God says. Pass me that tissue, please. Pass me that tissue right here up front. Jeanette, pass me that tissue up front. So look what God says. God says, because... You, you, you've been a rebellious. Because you've been living a rebellious, because you haven't been obedient. Because you haven't been obedient to the laws that I set up. Because you haven't been obedient to the standards that I set up. Because you haven't been obedient to the, to the word of God. Look what God said. God says when you come to pray, when you come to pray, I'm going to close my ears up. God says when you come in and call out to me, I'm going to close my ears up. And I don't know about you, but, but when you got tissue or something in your ear, you can't hear what they're saying. And you can't, I can't hear what they're saying. I can see what you're saying, but I can't hear what you're saying. God said, I can see you crying, but I can't hear you. God says that I, I can see you on your knees, but I can't hear you. God says, I can see you prostrating yourself before me, but I can't hear you. I can see the tears coming down your face, but I can't hear you. Because you've been living a rebellious life, God says, I'm going to put some, uh, some clogs in my ears, and I'm not going to hear your prayers. But not only is I'm not going to hear your prayers, I'm going to do you like your mother used to do you. La, 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 la. La 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 la. So not only am I can I can't hear, but I'm gonna make noise greater than you make noise. So I reject your prayers. And God says your prayers are rejected because you won't live a life that is obedient to Him. You need to live a life that is right before God. Stop faking with God. Stop living a rebellious life. You can't do what you want to do. When you gave your life to Jesus Christ as your Lord, that means He reigns and He rules over your life. Your life no longer belongs to you. It belongs to God because he purchased it with the blood of Jesus Christ. We just celebrated communion. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus Christ that set me free, that changed my life, that turned me around. A matter of fact, he turned me around and set my feet on solid ground because of the blood of Jesus Christ. I belong to him. And he said, because you belong to him, you got to live right. Can't live a rebellious life. Because your prayers will be rejected. 
God is going to reject your prayers. And if your prayers are rejected, you crying to God and God is not even answering. How long have you been praying? How long have you been at the altar? How long have you been calling out for God for your children to get right? How long have you been crying to God for your marriage? How long have you been crying to God that he work it out in your finances? How long have you been, you've been crying to God, asking God to, to help you? Sister Barbara, Sister Charles Watts, how long, how long have you been calling God for that health issue you have? Sister Sadie, how long have you been calling Sister Wells? How long, how long have you been calling Sister Washington? How, how long have you been calling to God, Monique? How long have you been calling to God, Miss Jeanette? How long have you been calling to God, Marvin? How long have you been calling to God, Jerry and Chandra? How long have you been calling to God, again, uh, Kim? How long have you been calling to God and God clogged his ears up? Because you decide to live a rebellious life and then give that term, God ain't dumbled with me, yes. Yes, he is. He gave you everything you need to live an obedience life here on earth. But we keep making excuses. I'm only human. God know my sin. And God said, you keep rebelling. I'm going to remove my presence. And when I remove my presence, my benefits go with it. My rest you won't have. My peace you won't have. My, your victory you won't have. He says you keep rebelling. God says he's going to remove his protection. That means every fight you get in, every single battle you come up against, guess what? God says that you're going to lose. You, you're not going to win. And when God says you're not going to win, you're not going to win. God says, you're not going to win, you're not going to win. I don't care how powerful you are. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care how much influence you have. If God shut it down, it's shut down. And he said, if you keep rebelling, I'm going to reject your prayers. I'm going to clog my ears up, and I won't hear your prayers. I will see you, see you, but I won't hear. And people, we don't want to be at that state where God will ever reject our prayers. We don't want to be in a state where God remove his benefits. We don't want to be in a state where God remove his protection from our lives. God, Jesus Christ died on the cross that we may have life and have it more abundantly. He, he desired to bless us. He desired to, to wrap his arms around us and love us and, and take care of us. He desired to keep us in his will. He desired to, to, to bless us with with everything we need, he desired to take care of us. But do you desire to live for him? Or do you desire to be obedient? One of the slogans here at Clinton Baptist Church is let us be not sermon evaluators, but sermon applicators. Why do I say that? Because a lot of us say, oh, that sermon was good, but it wasn't for me. A lot of us look at, oh, Pastor Pew mispronounced this word, or Pastor Pew did that. Let's stop evaluating sermons. Let's see what's in that sermon that can be applied to my life that I may live an obedient life to God. That's what God is calling us to. Stop evaluating sermons. Because as long as you're evaluating sermons, you are rebelling the word of God. Because it's not my word, this is God's word. And one thing about me, we're going to preach the Bible. Everything I preached today was right out of the Bible. And you can go back 10 years from now and see it yourself. But are you going to rebel against God or are you going to surrender? 
Because when you gave your life to him as your Lord and Savior, you didn't give him to him for, as his Savior, but you gave him to him as your Lord. And Lord means that he reigns and rule over your life, that he had control, that you belong to him. And because he bought us with his blood at a price. His price was the blood of Jesus Christ that he bought us. I went uh, a couple of years ago and test drove a car. And before I can test drove the car, test drive the car, I had to give my license. And they had to make a copy of my license because one, they can know who I am, and two, to give my identification that if something happened, it would be my responsibility. But as I was test driving a car, I was reminded that this is not your car, that this car does not belong to you. Although it's in your possession, it don't belong to you. It still belongs to the dealer. So there was things in this car that I couldn't do. I had to obey the laws of the dealer when I was test driving a car. Same thing with you. Because Jesus Christ bought you at a price with his blood, there's things you can't do. You don't belong to yourself no more. When you surrender your life to Jesus Christ, you die to self and live for him. And because you died to Christ, I mean, you died to self and live for Christ and he shed his blood for your sins, that you may be right with God, you can't live how you want to live. He has standards in his word of how we should live. And I encourage you that you live a life that is set on fire for God. I know you're in a pandemic. I know you're going through a rough time. But it's going to be even worse if you keep rebelling against God. Because God does not bless mess. God does not bless mess. But today, it's always a good day. My wife said, are you going to bring some good news to this sermon? I said, no. I want, I want to hit you hard. Where is that? I want to hit you with the word of God. But what I will tell you, the good news is, is that if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he died for you too. That same blood that was shed for me and shared for, for every one of us who have surrendered our life to Jesus Christ is shared to you. And that blood that was shed over 2,000 years ago still had power today. That blood we talked about in communion still has power today to change lives. It reaches to the highest mountain. It reaches to the lowest valley. It doesn't matter what, you, what kind of lifestyle you're living in, no matter where you're at in your life, the blood of Jesus has power.